This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, that number is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those. They're on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. We start things out by going straight to the phone calls. Again, it is the show about your calls, so let's talk to Tim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? Just hey. called in to talk about the new uh, Real ID uh, deadline. Yes, they've but extended first, it five years. Yeah, I heard. Uh, first, I just wanted to ask, uh, do Free Talk Live listeners call in and heckle Alex Jones? Anyway, I don't else. think so. I, <laughs> I don't know. You're, well, reference, you're referencing all of their, his listeners that call in here and drop his name. Right. I don't know if that's considered heckling, but okay. Um, well, about the real ID, uh, the new uh, deadline. Um, about it, them, uh, if by October uh, the states don't uh, put in their... Um, they have a plan. They have to have uh, some sort of a, an officialized plan. Right. As to how they're going to come out with a real ID card. That they were going to uh, prevent people from going into federal buildings and such? That's the claim. The claim is also that they'll prevent people from uh, showing ID to get, a, uh, to get on board an airplane, which I think means... That, I think they're just blowing hot air, personally. Right. Now, will this prevent uh, you know the postal workers and the judges from going into the federal building as well? <laughs> as they are citizens of that state. That's an excellent question. I can't also, imagine that it would. Sorry, yeah, you can't also, come to work uh, anymore. <laughs> also, uh, is that almost uh, like forced secession? It I mean, sounds if, like... if people can't get into the federal building to do their business, then what do we need the federal building for? So what do we need the, the United States government for? Excellent question. Um, that's, sort of, uh, that's definitely looking on the bright side of things. Um, if they're really serious about this, and I don't believe they are, I think they're just trying to sound tough. But if they really are serious and a state... Uh, government does not submit its plan for real ID by the end of this year, then they, they cut them off from federal, their, their citizens off from federal building access, from being able to get on airplanes, then they've essentially uh, seceded that state from the union. You know, and it just goes to show what kind of uh, force government is all about. I mean, it's, in this case, you know, you don't get our little IDs that we passed a law on, and they snuck it through. By the way, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was they, an amendment to another. It bill. wasn't like the representatives actually voted on this particular issue. They they tagged it onto it. some other bill. It was, I believe, it was a defense spending authorization. You know, bill. just nonsense. And if you don't play with us, you're gonna we're gonna take our ball and go home. It just goes <laughs> to show, you know, how awful these people in the government are, and how they use force to solve every one of their problems. Yep. I mean, exactly. are, are we gonna have to stop paying income tax? Um, we if, should have to. If, we, we, yeah, right. I'm not getting. I'm not able to go into a federal building. I shouldn't have to pay your darn income tax. Exactly right. Then the IRS is almost uh, useless. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. You said the uh, the deadline is October of this year, correct? I, I thought that's what you. That's said, as I. Uh, that's as I recall it. I don't have the. I don't have the facts in front of me right now, but I believe that's what it is. So it should be really interesting uh, to see what happens come October of this year, because right now. Uh, the states don't have a plan to implement real ID, and it's been two over two. It's been almost two years. Right, they're not going to come up with a plan. I not mean, in I the next. Uh, I can't uh, imagine months. A, a bunch of bureaucrats being the a ten. Plan, not, it's eight months. The I plan guess. that they would come up with would be kind of scary if it's just thrown together like that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, whatever it is, it's not going to pass muster with the feds, and then, then they're going to move the date again. All they'll do is they'll just bump the date back and dump, bump right. the date back, and hopefully by the time by the time October rolls around, hopefully we'll have a, a few more states like Maine coming on board and saying, right. nah, forget this whole real ID idea. We're fine with our state ID. We don't need your federal government ID. Tim, any other thoughts we for us? We don't need no federal government. There you go. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. I really couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. I don't see any reason why the people of the United States, the people of America, need to have this uh, United States federal government around. It does nothing but threaten violence on people, uh, innocent people. It does nothing but harm innocence, and uh, it doesn't do anything to help freedom at all. I only uh, I, I I disagree, but only in degrees. I think that the federal government should be there in you know a small a much smaller capacity, a constitutional capacity. Yeah. And uh, I I think that the American people would be much better served by their state and local governments. Um, you know, comparative comparative to the uh, federal government. What is it that the federal government uh, can do that a local or state government couldn't do? Like, Def- why defense. do we need to? Have- well, what do you mean? There are plenty of uh, countries around the world that are much smaller than the United States that have their own military forces, and they seem to be defending themselves just fine. I mean, what's the big? Why do we need to have a bunch big old fifty state block? Um, I don't understand that. To, to avoid repetition and um, to you know avoid coordinate, repetition, uh, coordinate things properly. Like for instance, in Iraq, um, essentially our troops and the British troops um, don't even uh, talk to don't don't come in contact with each other much because. Um, the the powers of command don't um, they they don't talk to each other very so well. What? Well, what I'm telling you is is that um, they'd be better coordinated with a larger force than 50 smaller forces. Why do you say that? I mean, all of a sudden, why is it that you believe in centralization in some areas, but you are pretty firm against centralization in other areas? How is it that centralizing a defensive force makes it more effective? I think that when you... Uh, um, they can't pick up a two-way radio and say, hey, we're over here? Um, That's just not possible? They don't work well. When you have uh, government groups, um, mm-hmm. when you have these uh, armies, these government armies, they, they have these this enmity towards each other. You're That's not fine. talking about a bunch of individuals we don't need, working uh, together. If you've got 50 different states, then you don't need to have them working together. They only work to defend that one area. I understand what, yeah. you, what you're suggesting, and, you know... It, it's something we could look at, but I think that, I think it's uh, definitely something we should seriously look I think at that because the, the federal government's insane. I think the Constitution has some legitimacy with most people, and um, unfortunately, it does. But that's only because they went to government school. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. I think the Constitution has legitimacy only in concept. I think most people don't even have any idea what's in the Constitution. You and I, Mark. Uh, we're not constitutional scholars. We're just talk show hosts. By no means. We have a, a grasp. Have a, a better idea. We have a grasp, more so than most Americans, uh, about what's in the Constitution. But nonetheless, and, and then you and I would also agree that the Constitution isn't a perfect document. It wasn't written uh, well enough. And, and the real failure wasn't necessarily the Constitution, but the American people. And there's no reason to expect that the American people will continue, uh, if we were to get back to a constitutional government, I don't see any reason, any historical basis to expect that the American people would keep their eyes on the government as they should have done 200-something years ago. And once again, we'd have a, uh, in a matter of another 100 or two years, we'd have another out-of-control government like we do today. I would concur with that, but um, the thing is, is if we get back to a constitutional government, there will be an entire paradigm shift. Because people are just so Supposedly. used to the big nanny state, yeah. the world's policeman taking care of everything and uh, paying something in the neighborhood of 60 
plus percent of their income to this to um, local, state, and federal governments. There definitely needs to be a paradigm shift, and that's something we're working on here. And international f- governments, for that matter, because our federal government gives money to the UN. So I mean, you know, we, we give money to we our taxes go to pay for the UN. You know, the same logic, uh, the so-called logic def- behind you saying that you think that all 50 states should be together in the f- this federal government because it's better for defensive purposes could also be extrapolated out to say that you believe that all uh, 131 countries in the world should gather together and create one defensive force, the U.N.? Um, I think that the uh, the Constitution has legitimacy in people's minds, <laughs> and I think that that, that, for it, um, that in and of itself will get us back to a better... It, you nice know, dodge. At, nice at, dodge. At the very least, it'll get us to a smaller government. 1-800-259-9231. Do you think the federal government has any uh, value? Do you think that uh, it should stick around? I don't. I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. And now, Mark, I know that you think it should stick around, but you do also believe it should be very, very dramatically decreased in size. So you're not certainly not for all of the things it does today, including what it did to a man from Germany. I believe you have a story um, in his words. We've talked about this case, I guess it was early last year, probably, probably over a year ago at this point. We talked about his case. He was picked up by the CIA and mm-hmm. ferreted off to secret prisons and tortured. We sort of reported on the news article version of it. We didn't actually have his words to describe it. So I, I thought we should talk about that. Now, this gentleman's name is Khalid El Masari. Now, I want you to pretend, just pretend for a second that, um, you know, the, the Arabs aren't subhumans. Um, pretend that they have these inalienable rights that uh, Jefferson in, uh, enshrined for us. I in don't the have to rights. pretend. I understand. You're I'm talking just saying, to people that uh, hate brown people. Well, you know, it, it, we, we're at war to some extent with... I'm not at war with anyone. I see. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line for you. Is the federal government even worthwhile keeping around? Also coming up, the story of this man who was tortured by the CIA. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. We'll get you to it. Over a thousand pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. See what I mean by heading over to wiki. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And you need to know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the second American revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we travel to, where was he tortured, Afghanistan? Well, it, he's, it, this uh, story goes all over the place, really. It's, um, uh, it's, it's his own words, a man named, uh, I forget the name, you know his name. His name is uh, Khalid El Masari. Khalid El Masari, a German citizen. He was born in Lebanon. He was a car salesman before he was detained in uh, December 2003. Car salesman in Germany? I, I would assume. Okay. Um, this is written in the first person. On New Year's Eve in 2003, I was seized at the border of Siberia and Macedonia by Macedonian police who mistakenly believed I was carrying a false German passport. I was detained incommunicado for more than three weeks. Then I was handed over to the American intelligence agency and was stripped severely beaten shackled dressed in a diaper injected with drugs chained to the floor of the plane to a floor of a plane and flown to afghanistan stop right now okay so all of those things stripped severely beaten forced to wear a diaper chained etc 
all happened while in the custody of the CIA. It, it, that is the way this sentence is constructed. Okay. Because um, they claim they don't t- torture people. Right. Afghanistan, where I was uh, imprisoned in a foul dungeon for more than four months. Long after the American government realized I was, entire, I was an entirely innocent man, I was blindfolded, put back on a plane, flown to Europe, and left on a hilltop in Albania without any explanation or apology for oh the nightmare gosh. I had endured. My story is well known. It has been described in literally hundreds of newspaper articles and television news programs, many of them relying on sources within the U.S. government. It has been the subject of numerous investigations and reports by um, intergovernmental bodies, including the European Parliament. Most recently, prosecutors in my own country of Germany are pursuing indictments against 13 CIA agents and contractors for their role in my kidnapping, abuse, and detention. Although I never could have imagined it, and certainly never wished it, I have become the public face of the CIA's Extraordinary Rendition Program. Mm -hmm. Why then does the American government insist that my ordeal is a state secret? This is something beyond my comprehension. In December 2005, with the help of the American Civil Liberties Union, I sued former CIA director George Tenet, along with other CIA agents and contractors, for their roles in my kidnapping, mistreatment, and arbitrary detention. Above all, what I want from the lawsuit is a public acknowledgement from the U.S. government that I was innocent a mistaken victim of its rendition program, and an apology for what I was forced to endure. Let me guess, he hasn't gotten any of the above. No. Without this vindication, it has been impossible for me to return to my normal life. I don't see why that is exactly, but... um, Well, you know, it might be a little bit traumatic, what happened to him. It might have, it might leave a few marks in your brain. I mean, that's that's heavy duty, I don't know, man. I don't know how the apology from the U.S. government is going to change anything. For instance, I see where you're the U.S. From. government um, apologized to the Japanese for their internment. It didn't, you know, it didn't yeah. help any of their ancestors, um, you know, their their mothers He's and fathers. He's just looking for something. They apologized to the Hawaiian people. It didn't make them free. I know, I know. I, I see where you're coming from, but he's looking for something. Something that, for them to just say to... To show that they, they've got some sort of remorse for this, but they don't. And this is typical of government agencies. It's typical. They just run they roughshod over people's rights and freedoms, and then they just shrug their shoulders and, and ignore it. They don't have to. I mean, they collect their taxes by force, and if you don't pay them, you go to jail. That's right. So, you know, we don't, we don't have any customer service here. Mm-hmm. The U.S. government does not deny... Especially that, not for shim foreigners. Well, that's, that, that's what I was hoping that, uh, you know, uh, people would be able to look beyond his, yeah. uh, his name, you know, his Lebanese name, and uh, look at him as a human being. A, a man who has a, a family and friends mm-hmm. and, a, and a life and a job and something and he does. inalienable rights. Right. The U.S. government does not deny that I was wrongfully kidnapped. Instead, it is argued that in court that my case can be dismissed, can, must be dismissed because any litigation of claims will expose state secrets and jeopardize oh American security. Even though George Bush has told the world about the CIA's detention program, and even mm-hmm. though and it's my allegations have huh. been corroborated by eyewitnesses and other evidence. Yeah, the state, the uh, extraordinary admission program has supposedly been shut down. They right. shut down all those secret prisons. Of course, they won't tell you where the secret prisons are. And you can't really. And there are people still missing, that. still still missing from these mm. um, secret prisons. Oh you know, boy, there's uh, a handful of them, uh, more than a dozen. To my amazement and dismay, last May, a federal district court judge agreed with the government and threw out my case. Then Friday, the U.S. Fourth District. I don't know court why he was amazed. I'm, I guess maybe he's somebody who used to think the government is was good. And maybe that's why he's amazed by this protectionism on the part of the uh, the government courts. It, I'm not amazed at all. What's this? The federal courts protecting, backing up the federal government? Protecting themselves? Protecting them? Yeah. yeah. 
Then on Friday, the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld that decision. It seems that the only place in the world where my case cannot be discussed is in a U.S. courtroom. Mm. I did not bring this lawsuit to harm America. I brought this lawsuit because I want to know why America harmed me. I don't understand why. Well, the by the way, it wasn't America that harmed him. It was the United States federal government. Just to just to clarify, I, I didn't have anything to do with it. I don't understand. I'm not what, funding them. No, no. I, I don't understand why the uh, strongest nation on earth believes that, that acknowledging a mistake will threaten its security. Isn't it more likely that showing the world that America cannot give justice to an innocent victim of its anti-terror policies will cause harm to America's image and security around the world? Mm. In November, I traveled to America. It's hard to believe our image could be harmed even further, but yes, I think it, I, it, it absolutely could. Yeah. In November, I traveled to America for the first time to hear my lawyers argue my case before the appeals court in Richmond, Virginia, and meet with members of Congress and their staff on Capitol Hill. It's obvious that the U.S. government does not consider me a security threat, or I would not have been allowed yeah. to enter the country, much less be in the same room with federal judges and I members think of Congress. he'd been picked up again. <laughs> right. Although I did not understand all of the arguments made by the lawyers, I was impressed by the dignity of the proceedings and by the respect. They, they do love dignity and respect oh, oh, oh. In, 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 in the uh, courtrooms, but... You know, that, doesn't, and circumstance. that doesn't mean that you get good rulings out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, for the rule of law that I have always associated with America, I'm deeply disappointed to find that the same legal system denies me the chance to fully present my case. If I were being treated fairly by the American legal system, perhaps we would not have reached the point where German prosecutors are bringing criminal charges against American CIA agents. During I wonder my, how well those will stick. I don't know. I guess those CIA agents won't be able to travel to Germany, but that doesn't seem like the worst yeah. thing in the world. Mm-hmm. During my visit, certainly nothing compared to what uh, Khalid here um, went through. During my visit in November, many Americans offered me their personal apologies for the brutality that had been perpetrated against me in, my, in their name. That's good, because the American people are still good people. They're still people who care about others, and it's just the, the people that work for the government that are bad. The people that work for the federal government that are the evil ones. I wouldn't as say far as I'm concerned. all of them um, that work for the federal government are evil, but the ones that are protecting the CIA and the ones that are uh, the, the ones that tortured this man sure as hell are. This, I would agree, but the reason they've abdicated their own um, responsibility because that's what they were told to do. That's crap. Authority. That's crap. I you agree. don't ever ad- abdicate your responsibility. You are always uh, making a decision from it's their point always of view. You, you're choosing. To follow somebody else's orders. And you right. can at any time choose to stop. The argument didn't work at Nuremberg, and I don't believe it works here. 1-800-259-9231. Is there more from this gentleman? He just says, um, I hope they see me as a human being and not a state secret. I want to know how you feel about this man. 800-259-9231. Should state secrets be protected, or should he get an apology? It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site 
are entirely free, and that does include the archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. There's no logging in. There's no hoops to jump through. You just go and get them for free. Just click and download. Freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. So I want to know from you at 800-259-9231 if you think that extraordinary rendition is a good idea. Certainly, within the sound of our voice, there must be someone who thinks that the Bush administration can do no wrong, that this CIA secret prison thing, it's a good idea. We need to have more secret prisons. We need to be abducting more people from around the world and right here in America and throwing them into these secret prisons because the guy that we talked about from, uh, from Germany, he's not the only one. In fact, as Jacob Hornberger from the Future of Freedom Foundation points out, uh, we've also talked about the story of Mahar Arar. Now, he's the Canadian citizen who was kidnapped by U.S. officials while changing planes in New York, and he was uh, taken to Syria and tortured. So I want to know from you if you think this is acceptable. And if you think it's acceptable, how is it that you can justify it in your mind? Please share. 800-259-9231. Because if you don't call in and explain yourself, and at least try to make excuses, then, then I'm going to think that most American people are good people. And I'm going to think that most Americans are against programs like this. In which case, why is it that you haven't risen up and uh, protested in the streets or done something to register your disgust and distaste for a government that behaves in this way? 800-259-9231. Jacob Hornberger, Future of Freedom Foundation. President Bush has decided that the U.S. government is now going to talk to Syria. The reason that the president has steadfastly refused to talk to Syria before now is that Syria, he has repeatedly emphasized, is a state sponsor of terrorism. They're one of the bad guys, right? So we're told. There's one part of all this, however, that's quite befuddling. The U.S. government has already been talking to Syria, at least if the CIA is still considered part of the U.S. government. See, if you don't believe me, just ask Mahar Arar. He's the Canadian citizen who was kidnapped while changing planes in New York on an international flight back to Canada, his country of citizenship. After U.S. officials accused Arar of being a terrorist, the CIA forcibly boarded him onto one of its rendition planes and then flew him to be tortured in, yeah, Syria. Mm. That's the country that President Bush has repeatedly said the U.S. government wouldn't talk to because it's a state sponsor of terrorism. Well, why did the CIA deliver Arar to Syria instead of, say, France? Well, because Syrian officials are renowned for being excellent torturers, which shouldn't be too surprising given that they're also renowned for being excellent terrorists. Who better to torture someone than a state sponsor of terrorism, right? You've probably already grasped my point. In order to make the arrangements to have Arar tortured to get information from him, CIA officials had uh, had to have talked to the Syrian officials. So there's communication going on. It, George Bush is acting like he's going to talk to him for the first time. That This is going to be some new thing. Those talks had to have encompassed discussions about torturing Mr. Arar and how information acquired from him would be transmitted back to U.S. officials. After all, it's not as though the CIA would have just flown into Syrian airspace without permission, dropped off a complete stranger at the Syrian airport, and said goodbye. No, there had to be detailed discussions between certain officials of the CIA and certain officials of the Syrian government. 
but how is it that something like this, uh, how does something like this happen? Doesn't it almost defy credulity? Well, why here you have a regime? Uh, why here you have a regime that the president repeatedly condemns as a state sponsor of terrorism, and with whom the U.S. government simply is not going to communicate, according to Bush. Meanwhile, CIA officials somehow or other cut a deal with the Syrian officials to torture a citizen of Canada on behalf of the United States government. Nice. And on behalf of you, if you pay taxes. Who were those Syrian officials who cut the torture deal with the CIA? Were there negotiations over which torture techniques would be used? Waterboarding, electric shocks to the genitals, forced nudity, isolation, and sensory deprivation? What did the Syrian government get out of the deal? Was it paid for its services, and if so, in what form? Was the contract put into writing? Did CIA officials monitor performance of the contract? How much information was acquired, and how was it transmitted from, the, uh, from Syria to the CIA? Did President Bush approve the deal? Unfortunately, we don't know the answers to any of those questions, because the mainstream press has simply chosen not to ask them. It's not as interesting as Anna Nicole. Apparently not. Or Britney Spears, which, by the way, I was on uh, ABC News' website today, and they have an entire section. On Britney's haircut. On Britney. No, just just Britney. Fallen pop star. There's just six or seven different stories there about Britney Spears. (laughs) This is what Americans are concerned with. And it's just more evidence that the media, the mainstream media in this country, are nothing more than lapdogs for the federal government. I mean, they don't ask tough questions anymore. And the media's idea of a tough question is boxers or briefs. <laughs> Mr. President, they could, for instance, have simple one reporter. All it would take would be one reporter. Just one. One with the cojones. One with the journalistic integri- uh, integrity that apparently no one else has. To ask a question like, Mr. President, how can you say that you haven't been talking to Syria when, in fact, your very own CIA officials obviously talked to Syria when they cut their torture deal regarding uh, Maher Arar? Better yet, what would be wrong with a full investigation by Congress into the kidnapping, rendition, and torture of Maher Arar, who, by the way, was ultimately exonerated of any involvement in terrorism? You know, I wonder, they didn't apologize to the guy we talked about in the last segment, the gentleman from Germany, and that's what he's looking for. He's just looking for someone to say they're sorry. I wonder if they apologize to Maher Arar. What do you think? No. You think you think they'll apologize to Jose Padilla when he's inevitably exonerated, which we at least we hope will will happen uh, in the next year or two when he finally goes to trial. Um, do you think they'll apologize to him for holding him in prison for four years no. without charges? It could begin by subpoenaing uh, every CIA official involved in the matter who could be required to describe under oath at a public hearing all of the details of the torture agreement that was cut with a terrorist regime with whom President Bush has until now supposedly refused to communicate. Oh, but an investigation by Congress in that way would reveal state secrets, wouldn't it? We can't have that now, can we? Well, you know, those state secrets, they're valuable things. Now that President Bush is talking to Syria, wouldn't it be a good idea if he and the CIA talked to the American people about the deal they cut with Syria to torture Maher Arar? 800-259-9231. What do you think? Again, the, uh, the issue is state secrets. I mean, how important are these things? You know, if you read Tom Clancy novels, they seem very important. I, I, I've read, you know, a vast, the vast majority of what he's written, and I really enjoyed it at one point, and... Um, you know, the more I I get into it and realize that the government's big and inefficient, mm-hmm. overpowering and uh, violent, you know, the less I enjoy books like that. Yeah. 
And the the whole state secrets concept, doesn't it just fly in the face of transparency of government? I mean, isn't it generally a, a good idea in a free country that supposedly has a, a government that is run by regular people? Isn't it a good idea to have transparency where you can see what the budgets are, you can see who's being hired? If you if you want to get this information, you should have access to it. Isn't the concept if, of... If I pay for it, I should have access to well, it. Right. Isn't the concept of a state secret sort of anathema to that whole idea? I want to hear from you. 800-259-9231. I mean, we're on 20 affiliates tonight, and apparently nobody wants to talk about this. Are you? Is it that bothersome? Are you that... Um, have you just not come across this information before? Maybe this is the first time you've heard about this. It's certainly possible. I mean, if all you've do, if all you've been doing with your time has been watch, has been watching uh, the latest on Anna Nicole or Britney Spears, then I could imagine that you might have missed the news about how the United States government has been caught red-handed torturing innocent people. You might have missed that news, in which case maybe you're just in shock, or maybe our phone lines aren't working. Eight, but we had a call earlier, 800-259-9231. That's fine. We can move on. On the way, radio regulations for the Internet. They've been announced, and they are onerous. More on the way. This is your show. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves for the live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. That's 800 800- 259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. And we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. It is a new month, and that means it's time for you to head over to vote.freetalklive.com to show your support for the show. If you like what we're doing on Free Talk Live, the easiest one, one of the easiest ways to help us out is to go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the program. Last time I looked, we were at first or second place on Podcast Alley, and that's important because your votes propel us up that top ten chart hopefully keeping us there all month long. And that means, of course, being at the top means that more people will see the show and then listen to the show and then come across the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's important to you, then you could vote for us and be really helpful. Vote.freetalklive.com. If you're not in front of a computer now, try to remember when you do get in front of one and head over there. And then once you're done voting, ask some friends or family members, shoot out some instant messages or some emails and ask them to go to vote.freetalklive.com because it, it makes a big difference for freedom. Vote.freetalklive.com. All righty then. So we're talking about, uh, we're going to talk about here, internet regulations. There are a couple different ones we're going to discuss. Uh, Mark, you've got a story about uh, internet regulations on, I think, internet service providers. I've got a story about radio. Internet radio, that is, according to KurtHanson.com and the uh, and Rain, which is the radio and internet newsletter, the webcast royalty rate has been announced. The Copyright Royalty Board, the CRB, has announced its decision on internet radio royalty rates, rejecting all of the arguments made by webcasters, and instead adopting the per play rate proposal put forth by Sound Exchange which is a digital music fee collection body created by the RIAA. Now, before we go on with the details, which are pretty sad, but imagine this. Can you believe this, Mark, that um, what has essentially happened here is the 
this copyright review board has essentially sided with the old school, old media, um, RIAA, as opposed to the little guys, the independent webcasters, the guys that just want to put some music out on a web stream for people to listen to. Can you imagine that? The RIAA, with its millions of dollars is, is in its budget, actually managed to, uh, to sway the, the government on, in this case? Well, you know, I'm kind of torn on this one. Um, I, you know, those people, they, the RIAA um, decides, you know, they're in control of these copyrights. And, you know, it's their music. These uh, webcasters can put uh, music that, you know, the, the, uh, the artists don't care about uh, them playing. That's mm-hmm. fine. So, you know, they can put stuff out there. It's, it's not their music. And, you know, if the RIAA doesn't want them to play it, they're not going to make any money. And therefore, what they're doing is stifling innovation. They're going to. Who's not pr- making money? Um, the RIAA and the webcasters. If they don't play the songs, you mean? Well, there's no there's no real fee for service in internet radio. No, not not much if there is any. And so therefore, whatever amount that they're they're not you know whatever they charge them is just going to be overhead for somebody who's doing it as a hobby. They're not going to pay it, so they're not going to play it. So their songs aren't going to get uh, that much aren't going to get as much play. They are going to play other things that there aren't copyrights on, and those songs are going to get more popular. And at some point or another, the RIAA is going to you know regulate itself out of business. That's an interesting way to see things. Well, the uh, rain has learned that the rates the board has decided on effective retroactively through the beginning of 2006 are as follows. And they go down the list, and essentially it goes from 2006, it'll be .0008 cents per performance, so far less than um, than a cent. And then in 2010, it'll go up to .0019. So because they know how much money is going to be made in these industries in 2010. It's absurd. Yeah. A performance is defined as the streaming of one song to one listener. Thus what? A, that's that's one song to one listener is that's what the, the amount is? Yep. That's ridiculous. Thus, a station that has an average audience of 500 listeners racks up 500 performances for each song it plays. Oh, no. The minimum fee is $500 per channel per year. There's no clear definition of what a channel is for services that make up individualized playlists for listeners. Now, a uh, definition of what that means is, for instance, there are, uh, I know Yahoo does this. Yahoo, with their Yahoo Messenger, you can select songs and from their library and you can create your own little playlist. Mm-hmm. And no one else on the internet can hear that playlist. It's being streamed directly to you by your choice. So the question here that these guys are asking, Rain Radio Internet Newsletter is asking, is does that define a channel? If you're just shooting those songs out to one person, does that mean that yeah. you'll have to pay $500 for oh, each God. channel? It's $500 per channel per year minimum fee. Now, I, I would agree with you that regulations make all this very, very complicated. What they're going to do is, is as you pointed out, they're going to regulate these people right out of business. These people that are essentially, in many cases, Internet radio stations are just... People that want to provide music to other people, it's but true. if they have to pay $500 per year to do so, just for regulations, per, uh, regulatory purposes, let alone the cost of the channel, because it does cost money to stream inter- uh, to stream audio to people. Sure. Uh, but $500 now on top of that, that's a major disincentive to get into Internet streaming. You know, if I want to put up my own um, Internet radio station, and you did this at one point in your life, you had your own Internet yes. radio station. Well, we... Sort of have a radio station now, but, well, uh, but it's not 24-7. You played, you played music. Though. I had something 24-7. Right, that played music. Eh, not really. No, I thought it did. Yeah, um, My mistake. The Anyway, if I want to put up my own music radio station on the Internet, mm-hmm. the idea of paying $500 is going to be prohibitive. 
um, to do that. And, and, you know, it's all they're going to do is make it so fewer people hear their songs. Exactly right. And they're res- they're, what they're also doing is they're restricting the um, – the other way to say that is they're restricting the venues at which people can hear those songs. So some radio stations will still be able to play the uh, the RIAA's music, but it'll be like a wasteland online because most people aren't going to jump through these hoops. Or they just will ignore them entirely and break the law. Participants are granted a 15-day period wherein they have the opportunity to ask the CRB for a rehearing. Within 60 days of the final determination, the decision is supposed to be published in the Federal Register, along with any technical corrections that the board might wish to make. Within 30 days of publication in the Register, it might be appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals in the District of Columbia. Now, Rain breaks it down. They actually took the numbers and looked at how stations work on the Internet, and they just wanted to see if this would even be possible. Like, if you wanted to run an internet radio station and play copyrighted RIAA-supported music, would it be possible? Here's their analysis. Because a typical internet radio station plays about 16 songs an hour, that's a royalty obligation in 2006. Remember, it goes up every year after that. In 2006, of about 1.28 cents per listener hour. So again, since it's .0008 times 16, that's 1.28 cents per listener hour per hour is what it would cost. In 2006, a well-run internet radio station might have been able to sell two radio spots an hour at $3 net CPM. That's cost per thousand. Well, that's, uh, I, I would imagine that's very difficult to do, um, to, to sell those spots. You have to pretty much work at that full-time. To, yep. It, it, it's a full-time job selling advertising. I've done it all my life. I know you can't just expect people to come to you, especially sure. on the Internet where there's 10 million channels. And it's taken you as the salesman on this show, despite the fact that we have over 20 radio stations, it's taken you a good six months to really finally start to get the ball even just rolling right. as far as getting new advertisers in here. And we've got 20 radio stations plus our Internet audience. I mean, imagine only having a handful of listeners, uh, maybe a, a couple hundred listeners, to your Internet station. How difficult it would be to get anybody to come on board and buy, uh, buy airtime. Who would? Why would they? I mean, uh, uh, would a national uh, organization want to talk to you about uh, about advertising if you have 500 people? No, uh, they wouldn't. Likely. I can assure you they wouldn't because I have 23 stations and a lot of them don't want to talk to me until I've got 100,000 yep. average quarter hour. And so, that, that, uh, the, uh, you know, there's just no way. Is a local one going to do it? No. Why, am I, why do I care about Sam's Coffee House in Poughkeepsie if I live in Albuquerque? So, if, if. This well-run internet, this theoretical well-run internet station was able to sell those two spots at $3. I can't imagine to whom. At a $3 Their net. Their mom? Uh, that's cost per, uh, cost per thousand. That would add up to 0.6 cents per listener hour. Now remember, they've got to cover 1.28 cents in order to just cover the regulatory costs. Right. Even adding in ancillary revenues from occasional video gateway ads, banner ads on the website, and so forth, total revenues per listener hour would only be in the 1.0 to 1.2 cents per listener hour range. Still not enough. No. That math suggests that the royalty rate decision for the performance alone, not even including composers' royalties, is in the ballpark of 100% or more of total revenues. They want to kill Internet streams. Yep. That's what's going on here. And that doesn't even fa- uh, factor in. The 1.2 cents per listener hour doesn't factor in the $500 minimum fee per channel per year. That's the minimum fee. I don't know what the maximum one is. They want to kill 
music on the internet. You know, if I had an internet radio station, I'd be going to all those bands that are on MySpace, trying mm-hmm. to get their, their little message out there, their, their music out to people, and I'd be putting them on my radio station so that people could listen to them. I think that's a good idea. Otherwise, you, you just can't run one. Not with these rules. 800-259-9231. There's more internet regulations coming down the pipe. We'll share those with you. In fact, I think the ones you have are a little bit scary. Mark, are they mm-hmm. a little scary, the ones you have? The yeah, they're, they're, you know, I think they are. Hour two's on the way. You can take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, and that, once again, is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about still. Coming up, some onerous Internet regulations have been, I guess, proposed. Uh, maybe worse. We'll get to that. But first, to the phones and to the fun, to the amplifier line. And Matt in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. What's on your mind? Uh, I was talking to my stepdaughter's uh, boyfriend tonight, and uh turns out he had been arrested uh, a while back. He was a 19-year-old kid. He had been arrested for uh, breaking into a car stealing some stuff and mm. uh, he was doing it because he was trying to get high he wanted to get some money so he could buy drugs imagine that so they had him in detox and he was telling me some rather remarkable stories about this uh, like what and one of the things he said was that when they released him into general population he was the only white kid in the whole cell block he had all these black uh I don't know if they were kids, but black people around him that were, uh, they started picking fights with him. Um, that he says they were all gangbangers. And he was telling me that the guards were uh, placing bets on who would win these fights. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And so he finally said, you know, he, he finally said he just went berserk and started yelling he was going to kill himself. And so they threw him up against the wall and... Uh, cuffed him and took him back to solitary confinement where he uh, spent the rest of his time hmm. that he had left. That was probably a pretty smart move and, on his part. Well, yeah, and this is not a real bright kid. He's not, you know, he's, he's a nice kid, he's a good kid, um, but he's not, you know, an Einstein. Okay. So, um, so he, and then he was telling me that now this is supposed to be a suicide-proof and he's telling me he saw at least three suicides in that cell block while he was there. He saw three suicides? He saw three people commit suicide. That that almost sounds unbelievable. Well, that does. That does sound a little unbelievable. So I asked him, how did this happen? And he said, well, when they're detoxing, they give you meds. He says, one of these guys, uh, they would trade, um, he said, ramen noodles and stuff like that. Would be brought in. He says those those are like gold, and they would trade those. And one guy was trading them for all these meds, and he had a whole bag full of meds, and then he took them, took them all. How do you get a bag full of meds in solitary? I don't understand that. 
Uh, How do you trade with people in solitary? I feel like he was. Pl- I feel like he was making a bit of that up. Well, it could be. It could be. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't bother to ask him that, but that, that's a possibility that he was making that that part up. He might have made the whole thing up. No, I've never spent. I've never spent time in jail. Thankfully, Mark, you've been in uh, prison. Um, in jail. In jail. I mean, does this even sound plausible? Sounds very plausible that, that you uh, could get meds in solitary by trading ramen noodles. Well, what people will do is they uh, they they cuff them, you know, in their hands, or you know, they pretend not to take them, and then they'll they'll save some up. And mm-hmm. certainly, uh, you know, ramen noodles are certainly a currency in jail or prison. But how do you how do you trade with people if you're in solitary uh, solitary confinement? Um, they they t- tear off pieces of sheet and slide them under the doors to the other ones. It's called sending a kite. I see. Okay. Well, maybe it is plausible after all. Very good. Any other thoughts for us, There Matt? you go. Um, actually, I was going to ask Mark about that because I knew that he had spent time in jail, too. But um, this was a county lockup. This wasn't a, a, a prison. Right, so. just jail. Well, exactly. It, these people that run it are bureaucrats, and you know they're they're no better at their jobs than any other bureaucrats are, and they can't keep um, the convicts from, you know, doing you know as long as you've got somebody who wants to do something um motivation is is a is a major thing and uh they're going to be able to figure it out very good matt thanks for the call we appreciate the story 800-259-9231 the packet 8.net toll free line for you hopefully the young man has straightened himself out a little bit Mm. isn't breaking into people's cars anymore but you know we we talk about the war on drugs so often on this show mark and we make the allegation that so many uh, incidences of breaking and entering and violence and uh, theft are all directly tied to people's desire to get money in order to buy drugs. And there's just one example of it, one real-life example of someone who never would have broken into that uh, vehicle, never would have gotten caught, never would have gone to jail had it not been for the war on drugs. Because the war on drugs uh, pushes the price of the product up so drastically high these people have to get the money from somewhere in order to feed their habits. I think that um, it's it's not unlikely. You know, young men are it seems like are the most likely to commit crimes. Um, a lot of them learn their lessons early and never go on to do anything else, as as, as was in my case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's still there's still going to be crime even if you legalize drugs. I but didn't say there wouldn't be. There'd be a lot less. Just giving you one example of mm-hmm. of a crime that would probably never have happened had it not been for the war on drugs. How do we know that he was doing it to get drugs? That's what he said. Oh, I Matt didn't. said at the beginning of the call. All right, so we're talking. Uh, we were talking about internet regulations, and I guess there's some more that have been either proposed or finalized. What's going on, Mark? Hello, Mark. Pull that up. Well, I was. I had it up, and then oh, okay. we waited. The Bush administration has accelerated its internet surveillance push by proposing the, that websites must keep records of who uploads photographs or videos in case police determine the content is illegal and choose to investigate. CNETnews.com has learned. The proposal surfaced Wednesday in a private meeting during which U.S. Department of Justice officials, including the Assistant Attorney General um, Rachel Brand, tried to convince industry representatives such as AOL and Comcast that data retention would be valuable in investigating terrorism, child pornography, and other crimes. The discussions were described at News.com by several people who attended the meeting. The second purpose of the meeting in Washington, D.C., according to the sources, was to ask Internet service providers how much would it cost to record details on their subscribers for two years. At the very least, the companies would be required to keep logs for police of which a customer, um, of which customers assigned a specific Internet address. Only universities and libraries would be excluded. One participant <laughs> said there's a PR concern um, with including the libraries so that 
we're not going to include them. The participant quoted the Justice Department as saying, we know we're uh, going to get a pushback. So you want to upload some porn so and go to the that. library, right? It's very, you know, why there's going to be um, PR concerned with the libraries, but there wouldn't be, uh, you know, the, the same concern when you're watching me. I mean, do I really? Maybe this isn't the government looking over my shoulder. It's just the government having the opportunity to look over my shoulder anytime they want. So they're saying that they're going to have to be. There were two two parts to this. The first part was that uh, that websites would have to track their users' uploads, not the internet service providers, but right. websites. Mm-hmm. So I, if someone records of who uploads photographs or video in case police determine the content is illegal and choose to investigate. What sort of? Uh, I mean, uh, what sort of records are they talking about? Does it go into that as far as how detailed? Because we've got a wiki, okay, wiki.freetalklive.com, the Free Talk Live wiki. It's the listener-editable version of the website. Right. You go there, you register for an account. You can't, you can't change the wiki without registering for an account, but all it takes to register for an account is an email address. Right. And you don't have to put in your date of birth. You don't have to put in your grandmother's uh, last name. You don't have to put in... An email uh, address is very easy to get on the Internet, for those of you who don't know. That's correct. Um so I'm wondering, are they talking about requiring uh, websites to gather more information about their users? Is that what they're talking about here? Because that's what it sounds like. Uh, no, I think that they're. Oh, I I don't know everything about this, but do you need? Um, don't you need an IP to upload photographs or video? You you have an IP by virtue of being on the internet. Well, would, your internet wouldn't, wouldn't uh, we know that? Um, the, the wiki, if somebody uploaded, wouldn't yes. we be able to track that? Yes. Uh, so that's that's what they're talking about is the IP. Well, yeah, but the, the, the IP only goes so far. If, for instance, here at the studio, there are at least, right now, three different computers, in fact, four different computers that are accessing our Internet connection. Mm-hmm. And they all have the same IP address. Mm-hmm. So Julia could be on her computer uploading porn on some website, and they might come back and say, hey, who uploaded this came from your IP? This IP is in your account name. They might arrest me for that. Or well, you could be doing something. So the IP doesn't go far I don't, enough. I don't think that that's. Um, I don't think that's enough evidence to arrest somebody. Is simply their IP. They'd go confiscate your computer. They bust in your door, confiscate your computer, look on the computer, try to find uh, th- this porn that they were looking for, and that's how they would do it. It seems to me that's like it sounds to me like they're asking for more information than everybody currently is is required. They certainly are doing that. And uh, and there may be more details here. We'll get to it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's going to be a police state on the Internet if these people get their way. In fact, Bob in uh, Florida wants to comment your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Also on the way, the latest on sex offenders. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. This is the live Saturday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show. And we'll tell you about how you can do that in a little while, but visit us online at freetalklive.com and get signed up for the updates at updates.freetalklive.com. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com. And do you have a child in your life, be they son, daughter, or sibling? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at AKidsJourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's AKidsJourney.com, 800-657-5066. 5066. As we go to the phones to the fun, let's talk to Bob in Florida, listening on WFTL. Hey, Bob, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. 
Well, um, uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show, and <laughs> I listen to you every week. It's uh, on WFTL down here in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Glad you do, Bob. What's on your mind? Well, one of the things that I think is the greatest tragedy in America is the fact that our divorce system is causing such tremendous hardships. And there's a wonderful book written by a lawyer. His name is Michael Lewis Minns. He wrote a book called The Underground Lawyer, and he describes American divorce as disorganized crime. What do you one mean? Of his, one of his profound statements, he said, the American divorce system is a tragedy causing more hardships to America than heroin or cocaine because it uses children as cannon fodder to enrich our least scrupulous lawyers, our least uh, ethical psychologists and psychiatrists, often under the supervision of our least competent judges. You know why? You know why that is? Is because somebody at some point decided that government should be in charge of marriages. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, no fault divorce was started in this country. You know, several years ago by a group of lawyer legislators who went to Russia, and and in Russia. No-fault divorce was started in 1917 by V.I. Lenin, who was an anti-Christian communist lawyer who collaborated with Stalin. He said, Stalin, if we're to introduce uh, communism into Russia, we've got to destroy the Russian families, and we're going to do it by no-fault divorce. What is we're that? Be... What is, can you define no-fault divorce for those who no aren't aware? No-fault divorce is I can get divorced for no reason at all. I just don't like the man anymore. He's, uh, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way my wife looks. She's too fat or she's too skinny. Anything, any reason that you come up with, it makes it simple, and they, you, it's automatic. You've got an automatic divorce. But it was started in, in Russia in 1917, and it really, really worked. I mean, you'd, all you had to do was just send a, your wife a, a postcard and say, I'm divorcing you, get out of my house, and you helped her move her things out of the house, and that was the end of it. Why is that, why is that relevant to, uh, to your point? Well, what it is, it's, it's the introduction of socialism into in the United States. Instead. What's that have because, to do with socialism? No-fault well, divorce doesn't seem to have anything well, to do with redistribution you, of wealth. In other words, you put the government in charge of everything. That's what happens when you break the family down. You know, there's an expression that says, as goes the family, so goes the nation. When you break the family down, then automatically the government takes over, and the government tells you what to do, when to go to bed, how to eat, what not to watch on the TV. It's just they take over your life. I think the first step in this is when they took over marriage in the first place. Exactly. And that was back in the 1800s, and the reason given back then was because they didn't want uh, those black folk getting together with the white folk, and it was actually a racist law originally that created the concept of marriage licenses. And people that that like the idea of marriage, personally, I don't really that care for it too much. But that might be because I've been completely uh, turned off because of all the divorces and everything. Exactly. But, but anyway, it, what ha- if um, if if we'd never allowed the government to get its little mittens into uh, to marriage in the first place, then all marriage would be would be a simple agreement between um, two people that love one another and uh, and presumably uh, God, if they have a God between the two of them, and that'd be it. Uh, if you exactly. wanted to write up a contract that had a bunch of uh, stipulations, you'd be free to do that. But by default, I don't think they necessarily would. And so it was the the involvement of the government that has completely ruined the institution of marriage and people that like the idea of marriage should really be insulted when the government tells them, hey, you can't be married unless you have our permission, and in order to get our permission, you need to uh, file $75, fill out some paperwork, come down here to mandatory training classes, and blah, 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 jump through a bunch of hoops. And to me, that's an insult uh, to the institution of marriage. It's a shame more people don't see it that way. Well, personally, I've had three of my friends commit suicide, go through stupid divorce cases, in which the lawyers and judges stole everything the family had. Oh, my gosh. I mean, these were decent, productive fathers 
that we had a family went through the divorce system and watched that the lawyers and judges have totally cleaned them out. These people lost their self-esteem and, and, and committed suicide. In the city of Hialeah, where I have my business, by the way, Hialeah, Florida, mm-hmm. the homicide squad of the Hialeah Police Department is now called the Cuban Divorce Squad. In other words, it's easier to kill your family as opposed to go into the corrupt system. That's how the Spanish people think about this thing. I believe it, Bob. Thank and you for the call. Worse, if you have a chance to look at our website and the Internet, it's called www.constitutionalguardian.com. All right. Now, you can't keep calling every week and promoting the same website. Otherwise, we're going to have to sell you an ad at, package. Look at our book. It's called The Federal All right. All right, Bob. Language. I'll give you, turn you over to our salesperson. He can sell you some ads. Thanks for the call. Okay. 800-259-9231. If you want to buy some ads, get in touch with Mark. He'll help you out. 1-800-259-9231, the uh, toll-free number for you. Let's go to Pearl in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Pearl. Hi, and God bless you for having a talk show like this across the United States. Well, thanks, I Pearl. What's on your mind? About, yeah, I wanted to talk about divorce also, but there's more important things than that. I have been taken. I've been fighting my for my property for going on seven years. Who have I've you been fighting? The corrupt court system, the judges, the attorneys, and my former alleged marriage that uh, uh, it, he came into the marriage with unclean hands, and I'm putting in a, a void marriage. And I didn't get a divorce either because I passed out, went to the hospital, and they finished my divorce while I was not there. And my attorney sat there with a the judge telling him not to argue with him. But what is more important oh. to me, Bob touched on no-fault divorce pretty well, uh, also, there is more wickedness going on than, um, you know, you can get a divorce and mess up your life and mess up the family. But we have an organization down here called DCF in Florida. It's They change their Department name every so often to throw people off. But they take in good people's children and giving them to bad people. It's and not children, only happening in Florida. It happens around the country. They, yeah. they go by various different names, Department of Children and Services, HRS. Department of HRS. And yeah. uh, you're absolutely right. They waltz right into people's homes. They take people's children on nothing more, in many cases, than allegations, on nothing more than uh, than a uh, than an angry neighbor who might not happen to right. like you, uh, snitching you out. And it may not have any sort of basis whatsoever, but that won't stop them from coming in and ruining people's lives. It's sick. Right. But what can we do across the United States to rise up? I wanted to tell you this, and I appreciate you listening to me. We are having a Justice Ryland Riley next uh, this month, March the 19th, in Bartow, Florida. It is a uh, March the 19th. Unfortunately, we we can't really allow people okay. to get on the air and promote their individual okay. uh, events because this is a nationwide radio show. Okay. But but nonetheless, uh, I do thank you for your call and I do thank share you your concerns. Listening. Thank you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. She did ask what can be done uh, about this. It, the, the, this problem with DCF, for instance, coming in taking people's children. What do you, what's your suggestion, Mark? Uh, well, I mean, I don't. It's, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but uh, you know, abolish DCF. D, DCF would be a great way to start. But we have to protect the children, Mark. I, I we know we can't abolish DCF. We got to protect the children. Well, it, the problem is, is DCF's creating as many problems as it solves. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you know, if your if your kid's taken away from you because you smoke pot or whatever, or uh, hit them or hit your wife or whatever reason. Um, you know, people make mistakes. They do. That doesn't mean that their children should be taken away from them. And then the kids um, get put in a foster home um, with somebody who... Or they get molested. And they, yeah, and they get raped, sodomized. Yeah, so the uh, the idea it, is It happens. To, I'm not saying it happens every time. The solution would be to elect people that really are going to drastically reduce the size of government. Unfortunately, there are very few people that are running for office with that sort of mindset. Many of them are libertarians, so I'd recommend voting for them. Or better yet, if you are of a principled 
uh, mindset, then you should look into the Free State Project. We'll talk more about that on the way. Your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything, just take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All sorts of interesting features there waiting for you, and they're all totally free. That does include the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free, at freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go back to the phones, back to the fun... Ladies first, it's Joan in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Joan. Yes. Um, good evening. I thank you for your wonderful program. Uh-huh. And what I especially enjoy is that when you have any type of uh, advertisement in your program, you take your time to repeat the telephone numbers or the website. Well, it's and certainly important. Is... Repetition uh, is, is very important in the advertising sure business. It's, it's called frequency. What, what's on your mind, Joan? You sure you two aren't teachers because uh, teachers do this constantly, repeating things. Hmm. But no? again, it works. It really does work. But what's on my mind, uh, you brought something up about electing people to public office. That uh, is, you know, that is not going to take place until we change the, polit- the voting system. Uh, when they brought the machines in, that's what uh, took care of uh, the uh, people who were, you know, very good uh, candidates. And then the... Um, Matching funds, that was another thing. This gave the opportunity to these candidates to run and have, you know, matching funds and bring in the money concept. But Wait a minute, well, to- slow down. So you're saying that uh, the voting machines that you have down there in Florida, because not everyone has them around the country. We don't have them here in New Hampshire. But uh, down in Florida, the voting machines are a problem, and also matching funds are a problem? Exactly. Uh, you know, it's like you have almost you have to have money. But as far as the machines, they're they're in other states as well, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and you can fix them. They can be they can be fixed. That much is true. Um, from oh, what yeah. we've seen, there have been some experts, uh, some computer programmers that have actually testified in courtrooms, admitting that they um, that these are easily um, they've got they've got back doors. They can program in, uh, for instance, for every vote that one candidate receives, it might give a fourth of a vote to it uh, to the the fixed candidate. So, yeah, that it's true, and unfortunately, I don't know if they're going to go back to uh, paper ballots anytime soon. Well, they need to go back to paper ballots with a carbon copy. I know of a candidate uh, who ran in Pennsylvania, and she and another person paid to have a machine opened up, and the uh, maintenance person pulled them over to the side and said, don't open up anymore, we fixed them. That the same person wrote an article 33 years ago that voting is not a privilege, and then it was how voting could be a privilege, and it was published in the county paper. And the response that she got, she sent it to all the congressional people, the president. That was in 1973, if you remember, that was the time of Watergate. And the people that she got a response from was Walter Mondale was one of them, Hubert Humphrey, and she also sent that uh 
that article. It was about five pages, but very, very good. You know, this was 33 years ago, and she asked to speak before Congress. She asked to speak before the uh, state legislator of Pennsylvania. No one gave her the time of the day now. So you're saying so, that back then, you're saying that in the there, 70s yeah. there was uh, voting fraud going on. Yes, and, and, and that, that was a retired teacher. And she fought very hard in Pennsylvania. Well, it's for not a children. shock. It's typical that uh, it's typical that the government is going to ignore and sideline as many of their critics as they possibly can. It, so you know, going Stalin to said it says um, that it doesn't. It's not who vote who that counts. It's who counts the votes. Absolutely. And Joan, thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Francis uh, in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Francis. Yes. Hi. How are you doing? Doing great. What's on your mind? Well, I want to talk a little bit tonight about the judicial reform. All right. What do you want and, to change? Well, uh, I think that uh, a, a lot of this uh, should be tried uh, through the uh, processes. Uh, what we have is a problem with uh, uh, the way the co uh, courts are structured, where uh, you want your issues uh, to be heard, and uh, uh, if judges don't like you or they, they uh, find that you're too controversial, they don't want to approach the issues as uh, rightfully uh, uh, gone through in, in a court system. Uh, they have the power to simply uh, uh, deny and dismiss, sure, and uh, and shut down their case. And uh, you know, I went through a horrendous divorce, talking about divorce as we did uh, earlier, uh, where um, the, the uh, 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 judges in my case. Uh, uh, Basically, uh, uh, broke the law. Broke the law to to get at my assets and hand them over to the uh, to my wife. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about too much about the particulars of my case, but I got very very concerned. Uh, this, in a nutshell, it involved a limited liability company. I was not responsible for the underlying assets, and the judge recognized that the, that, the, uh, the, that uh, as a minority shareholder, that uh, uh, it was a highly uh, speculative asset. Had a shareholders agreement that put it at eleven thousand five hundred dollar value, uh, but she went right ahead anyway and uh, valued it at one million five, in which I had to mm. uh, basically go bankrupt to pay my wife from my private stocks uh, this money after I was uh, uh, protested and thrown in jail until I handed over the assets. Wow, what a mess! You know, no, I mean, was, it, there's story after story. I mean, I'm sure we could take the calls horses all do night. get ugly. Yeah, we could take calls all night where judges have been engaging in malfeasance and uh, protecting one party over another, or protecting especially the interests of the state. And there certainly are. And thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. There certainly are a lot of uh, potential changes that can be made. I want to talk about my bill, though. The bill, I, I then it took proactive re uh, 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 action. Yeah, you're having and, a hard uh, time spitting out the words. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line. Uh, so there are a number of things that could, I don't know why I might, where my board op is right now. <laughs> there are a number of things that uh, could be done to, uh, to change the judicial system. And one of the things that I'm a fan of is, uh, is, uh, is loser pays. Um, and that's the idea of, for instance, if a, somebody brings a court case, uh, or they're challenging somebody or whatever, they bring a case to court, 
and it's frivolous, for instance, mm-hmm. then they judge rules and says, okay, well, you lose or whatever. Now you've got to pay all of the costs of the people that you drug into court here in this particular case. I think that would go a long way towards for that in, a lot in, of crap. Dis- in disputes, but it doesn't really work for divorces in particular. And um, what, something that's wrong with our system currently is you can't name arbitration um, in, in, in your marriage contract with your wife uh, you know, ahead of time because... Fam- the family law courts are the final arbiters, and mm-hmm. they stink. They really do. Anybody who's gone through them knows that they're expensive, and it, you know it's it's terrible on the family, and nobody's happy when they walk away. Arbiters, it's their job to make both parties, if if nothing else, at least happier. Right. Well, if, if an arbiter isn't making a fair decision, then nobody's going to come back and give them business. So they've got a real interest in making sure they're as fair as possible to both parties. And I, I like that idea of putting an arbitration court in a, a private arbitrator, because government does a lousy job, but a private arbitrator into a marriage contract. But then again, that also um, re- was, is going to require some significant change to the whole marriage system. It's in all we, kinds of credit card contracts and banking contracts. That's but, true, which, as we pointed out earlier, needs to be just taken out of the hands of government entirely. So to where if you want to get into a marriage with another person, whether they be a man or a woman, you go and you just get into your marriage. And if you want to have a big contract and a big long agreement, then you can write that up, hire an arbitration agency to oversee it or more than one of them in case you need appeals and problem solved. So once again, the solution, as usual, is getting the government out of the picture. Let's go to Larry in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Larry. How you doing, boys? Great. What's on your mind? I just think the gays want marriage rights. Okay. Well, the, Do they really know what they're getting into? Yeah, well, you're exactly <laughs> but, uh, right. I don't think they realize that. What they should be pushing for is a government abolition of, uh, of marriage uh, agreements. Yeah, that would be just fine. But here's what I'm talking about. With the child protective service agencies that are mm-hmm. bleeding, every state's budget's being bled by these people. The only thing that's going to stop them from doing what they're doing is to overwhelm the system. They ought to have a protest week or month where every uh, uh, low-income family that have been approached by Child Protective Services or think that they might be in danger of being approached by Child Protective Services need to turn their kids over to them right away <laughs> and say, go ahead and take them and just flood, flood the system. That's a I brilliant mean, idea, Larry. You, you Thank you pro- for the call. Appreciate it. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. And uh, we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff. We've got two different places for you to shop. One, the Free Talk Live store with a variety of different merchandise, Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts, different types at store.freetalklive.com. Also, the free Marketeer flag is available, free bumper stickers as well, and more, including DVD Classic Archive collector sets at store.freetalklive.com. In addition to that, you can also shop and buy virtually anything you might need in life at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know Amazon, they're the world's largest internet retailer, 35 categories of products, everything from their huge books, uh, book selection to DVDs to office products, furniture, baby stuff, Sporting goods, accessories, clothing, it's all there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. When you shop through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So once again, Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Margaret in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Margaret. 
Hi, uh, my name's Peggy Briggs Brooks, and oh, um, we're way um, off there. Hi, Peggy, what's on no, your mind? No, uh, uh, Margaret. Peggy is a nickname for Margaret. Oh, well, okay. Gotcha. Well, I'm a film producer, and I work for an investment banking firm, and I'm the CEO of the film division. And I want to get into the celebrities' names, but I produce uh-huh. with the biggest names in the business. And congratulations. I, what did you want to I, talk about? Well, what I want to talk about is how that ties into the state of Connecticut. Okay. I think that the film industry, I'm going to be boycotting my films from the state of Connecticut. I've been through a You're boycotting here. your own films? I'm not bringing my films uh. into the state of Connecticut. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Why? Because the state of Connecticut needs to get a system that works. It doesn't. I've spent a million five on lawyers. Um, For what? I had a, on my divorce case. Oh, gosh. As a direct result of the lawyers um, conspiring to defraud me of my home and my children, my son failed in school and became depressed and suicidal. And I think that Connecticut is one of the most corrupt states, if not the most, in the country. Yeah, I'd agree. People don't realize how bad it is. We had a friend of ours locked up in New London, Connecticut, for uh, simply sitting on the front porch of a house reading a book. She was locked in jail for 90 days. Well, there's another man that I know. Uh, his name is uh, Steve uh, Erickson. He Allegedly. He was put in jail for a, uh, a year in mm-hmm. prison. He was a great citizen. He was trying. He asked the, the police to try to do something about the drugs where he owned so much property. He pepper sprayed this bomb or something who had threatened to kill him. They put him in jail for a year. Wow. So I think that... Um, the U.S. attorney in New York State put a, a, a real lawyer in this state of Connecticut, Howard Lawrence. I grieved him. He hired a phony lawyer who was an ex-convict who's now in federal prison. But it wasn't the Connecticut FBI that put him away. It was the New York U.S. attorneys that put him away uh, for fraud in another, you know, in another state. However, all of my information was turned over, and this man worked on my case was it's the unlawful practice of law and i i think it's disgusting that this is going on that there's no caps going on now i have a pretrial on thursday this week in middletown and i'm going in pro se i grieve this crooked that means lawyer. just you're representing yourself i'm representing myself okay. and the lawyer who who howard lawrence i Allegedly. grieved and the state ordered him to to pay me back the money I have to regrade. Now this him was the, with, this Howard is the uh, the supposed fake attorney. Howard Lawrence is a real attorney who hired the fake attorney Dan Beeman, who's in federal. These are prison. all allegations. I mean, you're using last names. You got to be really careful about that. Oh no, these this is proven. No, well, Howard uh, Lawrence, I won with clear and convincing evidence at the state grievance panel. So what this you're is, saying is that they're all sort of working together to screw you over, basically, is what you're saying. They're in collusion in the state of Connecticut. The lawyers are charging ridiculous prices. There's three lawyers that have just been indicted. Well, is it, a, is it a shock to you? I mean, really, in every state in the union, the lawyers all belong to the same club. It's called the Bar Association, and they all have parties together, and they get together, and they uh, you know, they work on ways to screw people out of money. I mean, what uh, I think for them to take a woman who is, you know, a mainstream junior leaguer who does good deeds and good films in the community and to take little children and have them sobbing themselves to sleep and banging their heads on the floor because a wealthy, you know, my ex-husband is very wealthy and, you know, won't allow them medical treatment. The lawyers currently are not following the, the court orders to 
to the, there is a court order that says if the parties don't agree, the doctor is supposed to, you know, step in and the court is supposed to listen to this doctor. Hmm. The doctor hasn't been heard. They've stonewalled the doctor. So what's a shock wow. to me is that they would let little children fail in school, the children's lawyer, the officers of the court would conspire to defraud and hurt little children, and I know I'm not alone. I mean, I know... No, you're definitely not. There are people who have been railroaded by the system all over the place, and not just in divorce cases. I'm sorry to hear your story, Margaret, and good luck. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231 is the packet, 8.net, till free line. This is a sad hour, Mark. I mean, just story after story from people, and... Their divorce cases and uh, being railroaded by the system and its corruption uh, all across America in the courts today. How anybody can expect to get a fair trial in America, I don't understand. I I don't know either. It's 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 diff- It's a difficult question to, to this answer. This is a real downer. I'm going to put a shotgun in my mouth during the next break. Let's go to Joy in Arbindale, Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Arbindale. Hi. How are you today? Good, Joy. What's on your mind? Well, it's been so many people talking about divorce, and I have been through a bad, bad divorce, cleaned out. I've got friends that's millions of dollars cleaned out. Uh, there is a way that I don't tell people what to do, but this is what I would do next time in getting married. Okay. I would get married like uh, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. There are preachers that are marrying people, the ecclesiastic in the Bible. What does that mean? You mean without the state's involvement? Yes. Don't get a state license. Well, I can't tell people what to do, but I will never get another state license uh, to get married. I totally when you do, agree. You sign everything over to the wicked attorneys and judges and uh, the judicial. You're right, because what they're doing is when you're getting married with a state permit, you're, in, you're making that marriage three entities instead of two. Instead of Amen, just you brother. and the person you love, it's you, the person you love, and the state. Who in the hell would want to have the state involved in their marriage? Excellent suggestion. Thanks for the call, Joy. Thank Appreciate you. it. 800-259-9231. I, it's, it seems like insanity with, uh, with the divorce rate in this country, with the way that, uh, as, as these callers have been pointing out, the, the lawyers just fleecing people, with the uh, corrupt court system that we have, you're nuts to get a government-approved marriage. Not so. You know, it, 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 I can see why some people would do it. For instance, I got a government marriage basically to uh, make insurance easier. But um, Yeah, you know, but will it make it easier when you get your government-approved divorce? Assuming I do. Well, the statistics bear it out. The statistics, unfortunately, show that most people get divorced that get married. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Neil in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Neil. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, Ian, you mentioned earlier this week that you um, that when you fly to the radio show convention in L.A., you'll be trying to fly without ID. Yes. Uh, well, in in flying to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which was just wicked awesome, guys. <laughs> uh, not once did I show my ID to the TSA. And were you given the secondary screening? Yes, I was. Did that result? Um, uh, did the secondary screening result in you being able to skip the uh, the primary waiting line for uh, for primary screenings? Uh, more or less, but um, it, it's the trade off is not equal. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, uh, first, you'll you'll have to show your ID to the airline since um, most of their policies is that you show one. But um, I actually ended up showing them a. Uh, uh, private student travel ID that I bought for 22 bucks. So wait a minute. Okay, when do you show that. it to the airline? It's been a while since I've been on an airplane. I don't remember showing ID to an airline employee. When does that happen? Um, they'll ask for it when you check your bags, and also. Uh, oh, I don't I, check uh, bags, so that uh, that won't be a problem. 
Uh, okay, well, I, I checked a firearm on on my flight. I see. You know, just to exercise my Second Amendment rights, but. Uh, so they you, ask for it when you uh, when you check your bags, but otherwise you probably won't uh, won't have to show it to uh, to anybody because it's the TSA that normally asks for it, and sometimes airport security uh, will ask for it as well as you're approaching your gate. Right. And so you uh, just basically tell them, "I'm sorry, I don't have my ID," and then they give you the secondary screening. Is that how it works? I, I say, um, I'm sorry, but I don't have any ID to show you. Um, otherwise, I think you might be considered lying if they pat you down and find an ID on you. I but, see. Um, w- when you tell the uh, TSA you don't have ID, uh, they'll, they'll write four S's on your boarding pass, which uh, stands for secondary screening. And um, I guess just two S's would stand for Hitler's yeah, <laughs> that's why they put four. Yeah, which is a reality. Unfortunately, we're uh, fast approaching. But um, then they'll call for a secondary screener, and uh, if you'd like, I can tell you uh, how I was molested by him. After oh my break. goodness! Yeah, I would like that. Eight hundred. Hang on. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Some people you pay for that stuff, you know. Can take control of the airwaves. The TSA and the molestation of Neil from Florida. On the way in hour number three, your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. Plus, the latest on sex offenders. The scarlet letters alive and well in America will explain. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you, as always, can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free. That's freetalklive.com. As we go back to Neil in Florida, Neil uh, was about to tell us about, uh, I guess, an experience he had with the TSA. You were flying recently to New Hampshire to attend the Liberty Forum, which was uh, last weekend, which we also were attending. A lot of fun. And apparently you didn't have a lot of fun when you were in the airport, Neil. Um, You decided to attempt to fly without identification, or rather without showing identification, which is possible. In case you've never heard this, uh, it is absolutely possible to fly in America still today without showing any government agent your identification. And that's what you did. What happened, Neil? It certainly is possible, and I actually ended up going through TSA about five times uh, not doing it. And at the very end, uh, flying through Newark, uh, who probably has the worst security ever, um, they they didn't even ask for my ID hmm. at all. Um, but this particular occasion, it was uh, in Manchester, and uh, they have the most thorough TSA agents of all the airports I flew through. Okay. And um, what they'll do when you don't show ID, they'll, they'll call for a secondary screener of your sex. And uh, he proceeds to snap on rubber gloves. Oh, my. And at that point, you'll be thinking the worst. <laughs> uh, but uh, this particular government bureaucrat practically molested me in public. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, for instance, he took his uh, wand, his metal detecting wand, and just felt me up between my legs, just thrusting it up into my crotch and lifting me up. Oh, my goodness. And um, when the wand detected metal from my pants button, he explained he had to feel me there. And please, uh, what's my button going to be, a detonator? Mm. I passed through the metal detector just fine. 
Wow. Uh, but he proceeded to rub me down uh, right above my crotch. Hmm. Oh, my and goodness. Yeah, if, if I didn't already feel violated enough, uh, the wand then went off over my zipper. He well, of ex- course. <laughs> it's metal. It's metal. Yeah. He then explained he had to pad me down on both sides of my crotch with the sides of his hands. So, wait, is he putting his hand down your pants, or... No, on the outside. Not, uh, just on the outside, like, uh, uh, just down the sides of it, using the sides of his hands. I see. Right. If this was a private person doing this, it'd no doubt be molestation. But, of course, you know, they're the government and we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the, uh, the agent... Thoroughly searched my bag as well, even though it had, you know, gone through the uh, scanning machine. Uh, he searched it thoroughly enough to even look at the contents of my papers in there, uh, reading the titles of the the magazines and books. Uh, he paused when he saw a newsletter I picked up called "Firearms and Freedom." Mm. Um, Can't but, be having that sort of thing here in America. No, no. no that's bad stuff. <laughs> uh, I kind of fear the day when Fahrenheit 451 might um, be applicable uh, to our current situation. Maybe then I'll show my ID rather than, you know, have them search and see all my anti-government propaganda. Yeah, you could have been a terrorist. Oh, yeah. Um, In their minds, I probably was. But um, it's very possible to get through TSA without showing your papers. But, so is that um, where it stopped? Is that where the harassment stopped? Did he make any snide comments or anything like that? Uh, he, he was um, he was a real jerk uh, to me, and he he was very snappy when um, uh, when going through my uh, papers and books and everything. These are our public servants. Yes, and they they even tried to um, search through my bags without me even being there, with me being in a separate room with windowed glass and everything. Yikes! Yeah, uh, don't let them uh, uh, search your property without without you being. There. Well, you you were able to stop them from doing that. Um, I I told them not to that. I needed to be with my property when they did that. Yeah, and, that's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, you hear all the time about police uh, planting evidence. Uh, oh my what gosh! Makes the yeah. CFA any better, you know? So so just the fact that you asserted yourself in that particular instance prevented them from doing that. Yes. Okay, so don't, so basically your su- suggestion is don't be afraid to speak up if you think there's something that uh, shouldn't be going on, and that is separating you from your property. Yes, be be very assertive, and, and they'll they'll even like turn your their backs to you when when they're searching through. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I haven't had that happen to me when the uh, TSA is going through my bag. They always say I want you to stand right here. That you weren't in the secondary screening. I was not. No, um, I'm just saying that this it's, some agents are probably acting this way, others are not. But, you know, I wouldn't trust these agents if I had gold bars in that bag. You can believe Heck that. No. I mean, I would keep an eye on my stuff at all times. I completely agree with what Neil's saying. I'm just saying that every agent probably doesn't do this. Gotcha. Definitely. And they have the option to do it uh, even if you do show your ID. That's true. All they have to do is put that, uh, that those four S's on your, on your pass, and then you get the secondary screening. Yep. All right, Neil, anything else on your mind tonight? Um, I just wanted to uh, let you guys know to uh, be prepared uh, to see your Fourth Amendment rights just be raped into oblivion. Well, I don't think Mark's going to try the uh, the no flying or the flying without ID, but I will. So no, thanks for the call, Neil. Thanks. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, I wonder what would happen, Mark, if you were in the situation that Neil was with this sort of pervy 
weird TSA guy prodding you with the metal detector in your private areas. What if you just unzipped and said, hey, you know, you want to see? Here you go. Would uh, would that would they charge you for uh, indecent exposure? Yeah, I mean, they want to know what's in there, right? Yeah, here, they, here you go. Yeah, well, they probably would. Take a look at this. Now, Fourth Amendment. You, I see you holding our Bill of Rights Security Edition in your your hand there. What do uh, what you want? The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue upon probable cause. Supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Uh, remember Sounds when we to used to have not, that? Not secure in his uh, person, houses, papers, or effects. I remember when we used to have that Fourth Amendment. That was, it was good. It was a good old one. Yeah, well, they used this war on terror to, when did to, they repeal to strip that, that away. When, no, it was before no. that. It was the war on drugs that uh, got rid of the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, well, it affects, it affects every, Amer- it. every American now yeah. when it comes to flying. Well, it affected every American uh, then... Because, well, first of all, not every American flies, but uh, the war on drugs affected every American as far as the Fourth Amendment's concerned. Because if you even look suspicious on the roadway and get pulled over and the police search you, there goes your Fourth Amendment. I mean, it, it's gone. So, oh, you mean it's, wait a minute. Hold on. It's not, it actually hasn't been repealed. It's still on the list. Yeah, I'm afraid so. But it's effectively not, in, it's just a basically well, not. What are you going to do about it? Not, not travel, I guess. I mean, you know, Neil could, I suppose, could have stood there with his hands on his, uh, behind his head and uh, sang My Country Tis of Thee. 1-800-259-9231. Of course, we're going to be traveling uh, next week, going to be taking a flight to Los Angeles, and I will uh, make the attempt to travel without showing identification, as Neil has successfully done, as a handful of our other listeners have successfully done. And we'll see what sort of harassment they give me. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got a TSA hell story or whatever it is that's on your mind, here's the latest, as promised, on sex offenders. These poor, poor sex offenders. I really feel sorry for them. As uh, Now, remember, before we get into this, sex offenders can be anybody from the real bad guys like child molesters all the way t- uh, down through people who went to the bathroom in a public place. Like they were at a festival and went behind a tree somewhere and got caught. That's a sex offender, too. So remember, when we're talking about sex offenders, we're talking about a very wide variety of people here. We'll get into the latest on what's happening to them, but we've got to keep going with the calls. John in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. I, I probably came in the middle of, of this conversation about flying with no ID, but yes, sir. It, it seems to me that uh, the gentleman uh, was uh, treated in a way that was customary to someone who was flying on an airplane without substantiating who, who they are. Uh, well, why does who he is have anything to do with uh, the security situation? I mean, he went through the metal detector. Uh, why does him not showing identification mean that he needs to get a wand shoved in his crotch? I'll let you answer that. Hang on. We'll come back to you. 800-259-9231. Sounds like we've got John wants to apologize for the police state here. We'll, uh, we'll find out more. We'll see what he has to say. 800-259-9231. Back with John and Indy, if he's patient, and I hope he is. And your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. Also, the latest on sex offenders, the new scarlet letter. You won't believe what this one is. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. Your calls are primary, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you is 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website, 
at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, and that does include the bulletin board system. we got about 200,000 posts. Over 1,500 people are interacting, and it's all totally free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you straight to it. bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for your uh, for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go back to John in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Now, John, uh, we just barely had time to start your call, and I wanted to make sure we gave you a fair shake. So we're no talking problem. we're talking about airport security. And Neil had called in earlier to describe the harassment that he went through at the hands of uh, the government's goon TSA squad. Um, essentially shoving a uh, metal detector in places where it really uh, didn't belong, doing it in a sort of almost a sexually perverted way. And uh, you're sort of calling in to defend the activity because he didn't show identification. Is that right? Well, I can't attest to the aggressiveness of of how the search was conducted. Um, I'm merely pointing out that Neil went with the purpose of flying without ID mm-hmm. and the security systems that we experience when we go to the airport, in my mind, are nothing more than a cursory examination. It's just a means of literally searching thousands of people, tens of thousands of, of people per day. And when a flag is raised such that an individual does not have ID, then uh, to me it is not unreasonable for that to warrant a more thorough investigation of that individual because every citizen knows that when flying on an airplane, it's common knowledge that ID, proper ID, has to John, or should be. John, do you, yes. one of the last, uh, one of the, the final acts of Gandhi um, was to uh, make a march on the uh, salt mines in India. And uh, what he did is he brought a whole bunch of people there, and they just kept on marching towards the, uh, um, the, the salt mines, and the, uh, the British officers would club them down, hit them in the head with their clubs, beat them into the dirt. And the way, reason that he did that was to show the violence of you know, his, his oppressors. I think that that's what, um, w- what was being done, what Neil was doing in this circumstance, was to show that, in fact, we are being oppressed by this TSA. I mean, yes, we know that if we're Jewish, the Nazis are going to take us off and gas us. It doesn't make us right. Make, it, make them right. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't know that I agree with, with that simile, but, but at any rate... Um, well, hold on a second. Slow down for a minute here, because, I mean, the issue, John... We went from being in an airport and being passively searched or aggressively searched with a one to being clubbed uh, to the gas oppression is oppression, my friend. Look, look. If, if I walk up to you, do you think it's okay if I walk up to you and wand you and feel you around your crotch and stuff? John, if I were going into a no, no, secure... I'm asking you if I walk up to you on a sidewalk in the street, not where you're going or well, anything. Of course, of course not. Of course, of course not. not. Then why is it okay for this bureaucrat to do it to me? Is he better than me? Is he better than you? Is he morally superior? Is he sent down from heaven like an angel? It's not a question of who is better and who is not better. It is a question of we live in a society where the sophistication of terrorism is being exponentially increased by the day. Now, the last time we had an incident, it was with some type of gel chemical uh, explosive. Actually, that's all an allegation. It's all an allegation. Yeah. Okay. It's a bunch okay. of BS. Well, I, it's pretty okay. much crap. So, well, let's run with it. Let's well, no, let's run not run. It. Let's not run with yeah, that because it was garbage. Because, because, 
because you can't disprove it and I can't disprove it. Actually, it so has been disproven. It, As a matter of fact, oh, it had been you disproven. Were, were you there? You John, were there. Uh, no, we yes. read an article by uh, by somebody oh, who uh, an who had, well by somebody who well, had done uh, the research. All the TSA says <laughs> the water's bad. They haven't even come an out with any proof, so John. At least the guy in the article had some proof, but the government doesn't even bother with proof. The fact you is, just do what you're told, oh, yeah. citizen. The chemical, re- the chemical reactions that you're talking about would have would have uh, caused a a terrible smell to emit from the bathroom, and would have taken them hours to uh, to do the proper mixing, presuming they didn't pass out first. I mean, the, the whole thing was just a mess, and it was just another lie on the part of the government. But let's go back to the security issue, because because this is important. You're saying it's okay uh, to wand people down extra special if they don't have an identification. <laughs> hold on. Slow no, down. No, I did not say extra special. Well, that's, but that's that what people are getting. More, I said that when proper procedure, known procedure, is not followed, by a participant who wants to get on an airplane, then a more thorough investigation or search of that individual is warranted. Because I understand where you're coming okay. from on that, but okay. if, it, if it isn't the purpose of this investigation or the search to uncover some sort of uh, bomb or, or, or weapon or something yes, like that? Yes, yes, okay, yes. if that's the purpose and you're a terrorist, then... Would you not, uh, why would you, if you're a terrorist, why would you go into an airport without an identification? Well, now, this gentleman, Neil, said that it was at the last leg of his, of his trip. So he has been through other security. He has been through other security That's true. He got an extra, okay. an extra right. special so then, TSA so, agent Exactly. So then it is not unreasonable that if this person was a terrorist, that it is possible, due to some unforeseen uh, set of circumstances, that their ID had been compromised, or their ID had been lost, or they had been, you know, maybe they were accosted and they had to to, to leave and or, or to you know to to flee. And John. so it is it is not unreasonable that this individual, at the last leg of their journey, does not have all of their all of their equipment, their ID, and what have you. But all they have left is a bomb. Or some device. So, John, um, had, consistently, Neil, the, the, consistently the TSA misses about 75% uh, by their own tests. The, the, the government um, you know, uh, auditors or whatever that go through and try to pass these th- knives and guns and bombs and stuff through, they miss about 75% of the stuff that they, they attempt to slip through. Why do we even want these people there? Well, we want these people there because To catch 25% of them? Somebody has to stand. Somebody has to take a stand. If somebody yeah, to, I'd like to. I've got a Second Amendment right, and I want to take a stand. Of, somebody has to take this unpleasant job of searching the millions of people who no, fly. They don't. No, they no, don't. They don't. And and what, it's ridiculous do it? to say that they do, guys, John. Do 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 because they're doing a poor job no, at it. Here's what I'd no, like no, to no, see happen. they're not doing a poor job. When's the last time you've seen an airplane fly and, and, and crash well, down The simple fact that airplanes... You could say that the cars aren't blowing up because the TSA's searching people in the airport. That's It's a non-sequitur, sir. No, no, no. We all know that the target is the plane. The target's the plane. What are you going to do with the plane? What are you going to do with the plane? What are you going to do with it? Well, I don't know. Can we say 9-11? I don't know. I don't think that you'll ever hijack a plane with a bunch of box cutters again, sir. I know that nobody's going to hijack one I'm on with a box cutter. Do you now? Yeah. I'll break their damn neck. 
<laughs> the reason, well, that, look, it, before 9-11, Americans realized if, you know, if the plane's hijacked, I spend the afternoon on the tarmac in uh, Havana, and then I'll be home by, um, you know, I'll be home tomorrow for dinner. No big deal. Nobody's going to get hurt for this. Now they realize it's a real game, and that, you know, our government's been messing around in the Middle East enough to make these people really angry, and they're willing to hurt us for it. You know what, John, thank you for the call. Out of time for you, but uh, more calls on the way, 800-259-9231. The answer isn't to get rid of security entirely. It's to turn it over to the marketplace to allow the airlines to individually decide what level of security is appropriate for them. So that way you could, as a consumer, choose between which airline you'd want to fly on. Personally, I would want to fly on the ones that allowed me to bring weapons on the flight. That would make me feel the most secure. You might choose differently. Unfortunately, with the government involved, we don't have that freedom of choice. More on the way. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. The live Saturday edition, 800-259-9231. The packet, 8.net. Tell Freeline. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And visit Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean? By heading to shrine.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our site, it's totally free. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. What do Adam Smith, Karl Marx, and John Maynard Keynes have in common? Well, they're the subject of laissez-faire books, January Lysaner Spooner Award winner. In this new book, Mark Skousen turns his eye on the three most prominent figures in economics. Check out The Big Three in Economics and other books and, liberties on, books and videos on liberty at lfb.com. That's lfb.com. Laissez-faire books. Let's go to the phones to the fun Joe in Atlanta. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Joe. Hi guys. Hey, what's on your mind? You know, I, I definitely think you know, um, you know, it's not the good old days anymore. And he did kind of, you know, eventually he was going to meet some bullheaded, uh, I got a badge, I'm power, kind of guy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and uh, you know, but what struck me and what immediately hit my mind is, you know, if if I were to do something like that and that sort of thing were to happen to me and I started feeling dirty and abused because of it, um, I would probably turn it around and say something like, hey, that feels good. How much do you charge an hour? <laughs> That's kind of like I wonder, And I really wonder what that would do if that would throw the dirty feeling back on this bully. Yeah, that's an ex- that's an excellent question. That's sort of down the same line of my approach, like, all right, here, you want to see? I'll show you what, you, what you're looking yeah. for. I, I mean, like that approach. Then, I mean, then you could get arrested for exposing yourself and all that happy. True. I wonder if they would charge you. Maybe they could charge you with uh, sexually harassing the screener. Like if you threw well, it. I mean, it's a, two, it's a two-way street. And Not really. And being videotaped. Oh, yes, it is. I don't know, man. Because Suing the government is not necessarily really a two-way street. It's very difficult. Well, it's a lot easier for, them to sue, or for you to sue them than for them to sue you. Well, I guess I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's I mean, easy because, either way. I mean, look at what ha- look at what happened with the cop who was trying to. I mean, I I live in Atlanta, the Atlanta area. Look at the cop who was trying to accuse a couple who had set up a radar trap in their front yard here in Kennesaw. Oh yeah. I mean, he wanted to have them arrested for harassment, and the judge told him he was crazy. 
Thank goodness. I mean, it's, I'm I'm surprised it didn't go further than it did. Uh, and it really, uh, one of the reasons why it, I think it got thrown out was because it got some press attention. Um, so yeah. because the press well, the got town, a hold of the it. Town of Ken- the town of Kennesaw, it is a law in the town of Kennesaw that you have to own a firearm. Is it still? If you're Actually, that went to um, a vote recently. And really? the vote was to continue it. Wow, I was under the impression that came about and went away and uh, you know, was found unconstitutional. Oh, hell no. I live the next town over. That's amazing. I know, I know what's going on in Kennesaw. It's a wonderful thing. And, and well, Georgia no, it's not is, wonderful. Georgia, it's not. It's not. Georgia is one of the 11 states that has put forth a Senate resolution regarding um, telling Congress to pull the hell out of the SPP. The uh, Security Prosperity Partnership, the uh, concept of the North American North Union. North American Union. Now, it's not a good thing to mandate that people have firearms in their house. Um, it's 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 just the it's like the opposite of a gun ban. It's forcing everyone to uh, to to have firearms, and people right, may not want to have firearms. In which they case, they don't enforce. They don't. Inf- I mean, they don't go house to house and do a gun check and make sure you have your firearm and it's loaded. But it's against the law to not have a firearm, right? Technically, it's against the law to not have a firearm, but you don't have to carry it. You don't have to present it. But what what does that do to protect, you know, our Fifth Amendment or not our Fifth Amendment, but our um, Second Second Amendment, right? I don't know if it protects anything. It it, it sounds really uh, really outrageous to me to uh, to pass a law like that because then there's always if you don't have a gun in your house, you're constantly breaking the law, and somebody, some politically motivated politician or prosecutor could uh, could go after you for it. I mean, let's let people make decisions on their own about whether or not they want to carry firearms, and if they want to carry and if they want to keep a firearm, then they shouldn't have to ask permission for it. That's the real insult: is the idea that if you want to pack heat, you have to beg the government, mommy government, for permission. Thank Thanks for the call. Appreciate right. hearing from you, Joe. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Daniel in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Hey, Daniel. Hi. What's on your mind? I just wanted to make a comment about the guy that was, uh, I guess, for the, the searching. Uh, you know, I mean, nobody's mentioned that, you know, there is, uh, I believe, a law, or it says somewhere in the law, that, you know, to reasonable search. I mean, you know, patting one's person's uh, genitals and touching them, or, uh, I don't believe, is reasonable search. He could be hiding knives in there. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like the box cutters, right? Well, I, you know, I feel like this is one of the problems with uh, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution from the beginning, is they use terminology like reasonable search and seizure. Yeah, that might as well be just be a Pandora's box. You know, the, they should have just said, look... You can't search or seize people's houses, properties, papers, and effects. Because the government's essentially saying, well, anything's reasonable. We're the government. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. We're never going to do anything wrong, people. That's true. It isn't really defined all that well. Yeah, Yeah, it's unfortunate. Daniel, any other thoughts? It was uh, the problems with the Federalists and, you know, the Anti-Federalists and their compromises and uh, that that whole It's a problem with politics. Compromise is politics. I I think one of the problems is, too, is is back when those laws were created, I mean, most people had common sense. Mm -hmm. And there weren't any cops. Yeah, exactly. There weren't any. True, and the government wasn't running the schools back then either to indoctrinate Correct. people. Oh, Daniel. I'm a firm believer in less, governors, less government is better government. I'm a firm believer that no government is better government. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. But I don't mind having smaller government in comparison to what we have today. I'd, I'd go that far yeah. and then further. Let's continue with the calls to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey, what's hey. on your mind? 
Well, I have a minor little uh, nice thing to report. Uh, I just uh, got back from the Merrimack uh, Valley Porcupines meeting, which is like the the monthly free stater meeting, mm-hmm. uh, and we had record turnout, 70 people. Wow. It's just a really, you know, a routine, you know, get together at a central location. Is yada, it just yada. a, are, they, are people just socializing or are things getting planned and done at the meeting? Well, there's there's people that stand up in front of all the other people and say things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean anything particular gets done. It's usually more like announcements. I see. And then and then socializing. I remember the first one I went to uh, when I first got here in '04. There were 25 people. <laughs> so, wow! So uh, we've almost seven, tripled in uh, in a matter of three years the amount right. of inti- it's attendees. Good, it's a good indicator as to where things stand in terms of how how much activity and how many people there are. Seventy uh, people's a lot. Where are they holding these meetings? This one was in Merrimack. We picked a new location. The old one was too small. Um, we used to hold them at Bickford's in Manchester, but this time we held it in Merrimack proper. Uh, but it's just sort of a relatively central location. But wait, where? Central. Was it in like a hotel ballroom or something? I mean, oh, no, a... no. It's a new, Newick's, I think. It's a seafood restaurant. Oh, okay. So, I mean, do you have to rent the whole restaurant out? That's a lot. No, it had a big room, though, that they were able to more or less steal off for us. Very cool, and, man. Uh, Good to know things nice. are building up, things are growing here in uh, in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Dave, any other updates for us? Well, uh, also we had a um, uh, demonstration to support Ron Paul uh, on uh, Sunday last week, and uh, 20 people turned out for that, just a street corner demonstration, sine wave kind of thing. And we did that right at the end of the Liberty Forum. Yes, you did. Dave, you're uh, you're always on the ball, always doing something new for Liberty, and we appreciate hearing from you, as always. Sir, 800-259-9231 to the Amplifier Line and Kurt in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Kurt. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up? Pleasure to speak to you, as always. Thank you for what you do. All right. What's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk about uh, Roger. I was just listening to the, uh, the podcast of the 28th. Now, who's Roger? He wrote in. He wrote an email that uh, was kind of chastising you about not accepting the 911 uh, truther movement. Oh boy, that guy! And I, I truly think you have a brilliant response on that, which is I don't care. Um, and I, I kind of added to that, which is they've done enough overtly in order to be indicted. Why do we have to worry about what they're doing covertly? Yeah, exactly and I, right. And not only have they done enough overtly to be indicted, but even though they've done it all overtly, they're not going to be indicted. Mm-hmm. So there's no way in hell they'd be indicted on what uh, the conspiracy people yep. are talking about. Yeah, I should amend that to that, too, if we can't even indict them for what they've done overtly. Yep. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant also, point, Kurt. Also, also he, said that, he said that it's great out of the Communist Manifesto, your atheism, I'll let you address it here in moments. Hang on, Kurt. 800-259-9231. Only moments remain. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments, Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, that's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, totally free. If you like the show, help support us by voluntarily becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 340 of our listeners have decided to do. In fact, Mark, uh, we are within striking distance of the next milestone for the amplifier program. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And if you like Free Talk Live, you like what we're doing, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board with the program. Read about it first. 
Make yourself feel good about it, because you know we're giving away all the features on the website for free. So this is a totally voluntary option. You send us 3 bucks a month. Here's how it works. You send in the 3 bucks a month. It's easy to do. Credit cards or PayPal, it automatically happens for you. It's less than the price of a cup of coffee. You send it in to us, we take it in, and we turn it around into promoting the show. We get in uh, inter- uh, internet advertisements to get more internet listeners. We buy Talkers Magazine ads to get more radio stations on board with the program and more. The details are all there at amp.freetalklive.com, and the important thing is it's working because we're almost to 25% of our $10,000 a month goal. And there are different milestones along the path towards that 10000 mark. And at the 25% mark, the $2,500 a month, we're going to release the Free Talk Live studio cam, mm. the webcam, that everybody will be able to access. You can watch us eat and stuff. Now, I can tell you right now, uh, this has sort of been hush-hush, uh, but the amplifiers have been sort of beta testing mm-hmm. the webcam now for a matter of several weeks. And uh, it's, it's just uh, we're less than $50 away per month at this point from, uh, from having the webcam go public. And I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I think a lot of uh, listeners are looking forward to it. So if you've been holding back, maybe now would be a good time to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Great Chris way to the top. The All right. So uh, 800-259-9231. You can still uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwave, so to speak, as we go back to Kurt in Michigan. Now, Kurt, you're addressing an email that we've gotten earlier this week uh, from a guy that is was essentially a little bit angry about the show. Um, he was upset. Uh, and you are going to address one of his comments about how, oh, well, I'm an atheist, so that must mean I'm a communist or something like that, right? Well, yeah, he, what he said was that uh, you're, you're, uh, you're, it was straight out of the Communist Manifesto, and he also said that it was arrogant. And I'm going to address both of those. It seems to me that communism is the mandatory manifestation, government manifestation of giving all your goods to the poor. Until there are no poor anymore, or at least until you're all poor. Well, I don't think Jesus would have advocated force in that particular arena, but okay. Well, that's what Jesus Christ says, to give all your goods to the poor. Right, but but he didn't suggest using swords to take people's money to give their goods to the poor. And and I don't think he said to give all your money to the poor. He said take care of the poor. um, And then then he also said that, uh, that it was arrogant that you didn't accept God. Well, I think it's kind of arrogant to say that... There is a God, because then that, again, puts us right at the center of the universe. It was all made just for us, just for us to look at. There's nothing out there. All the stars that are way out further than we could see were just put there because someday God knew we'd create the Hubble telescope. And I think that's the, the height of arrogance. Well, and, and certainly it's arrogant to believe that your religion is the superior one over that's the rest true. of them. That's true. There are thousands I mean, of religions. How dumb are those little brown people all over the world and their silly, silly religions? We know that the real religion is our religion. And you don't know. forget, religions over time as well. It's also arrogant to suggest that your religion is right. What about Zeus? What about Ra? What about all the other gods that have come and gone? Kurt, great call. Thanks for it. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's go to... Comrade Brandon in Japan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Brandon. Greetings, you capitalist swine. <laughs> What's up? I just, want, I just wanted to call and congratulate John in Indianapolis for making a wonderful defense as to why we need identification when we travel. You're going to have to make it short. You've got a real buzz on your uh, VoIP line tonight. What, what, go ahead. You see, the founding fathers were very stupid when they made the claim that you should be able to be free to travel in any state that you want. And while John does make the great point that planes are bombs, cars are bombs too. So we need to have identification when we travel from state to state. 
Not only that, but you must present your papers anytime you try to start your car. I, present, <laughs> I suggest a card swiping system or maybe an optical retina scanner just to make sure that you are not a terrorist when you try to start two to 10,000 pounds of deadly metal. That you know what? You know, Timothy McVeigh blew up a building with a truck. We're, we're getting there. Uh, Brandon, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. We are not far off from that uh, dystopian, disturbing vision uh, that Brandon was presenting there. It, we, we may not be to the point where they're going to have a card-swiping machine. Including the tacky uh, accent? In the <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I it was, was really pretty good. It was very cheesy, but very, very fun. Uh, I don't think we're to the point quite yet where we're going to have a card-swiper installed in every car. However, I don't see it as being a very far step at all to have checkpoints at state borderlines. Yeah, I I wouldn't see that that would be, I I would say that that's probably pretty close to. And in fact, I think that John in Indianapolis was being a little bit uh daft, was being a little bit thick when he suggested that terrorists are only interested in airplanes. What are you talking about? Pack some C4 or some fertilizer bombs in the back of a truck or the back of a car or something like that. Uh hijack a uh, a, t- a tanker truck full of gasoline, run that into the side of a building. There's all kinds of damage that one could do uh, with a vehicle. And I think it's, it's really kind of, uh, I, I think it's a little bit ignorant to suggest that they're only going to be going after airplanes. Especially, as you pointed out, Mark, since the American people are just not going to let that happen. The, the terrorists must know this. I mean, they must know that the American people are galvanized against the idea of anybody taking over an airplane ever again. I mean, even if it was an airline full of little old ladies, I think a terrorist would have a tough time. Uh, taking that over. I, you know, what is one man or two men or even four men going to do against a plane full of people? A little old ladies, angry little old ladies, in fact. And so I, I don't think, think there's ever going to be another plane hijacked. Not with. I don't think it's going to be. It'd be very hijacked difficult. With, certainly not with a knife. It'd be a lot easier to hijack one professional driver from out of the uh, the cab of his truck. That'd be a lot easier than taking over a plane. Yep. So I don't think that you should just uh, write that off as though, well, it hasn't happened uh, recently. It, it's not going to happen. You know, it, could, it, anything can it, happen. It amazes me that people think that somehow the government can protect them from this. I mean, do cops protect you from getting killed? Well, no, they come and clean up the mess. Right, and then you've got people like John making excuses for the government in this case. If someone were to hijack a tanker truck and bl- and run it into the side of some building in some city somewhere in America... And then the government decided. Somebody did, though. I mean, they, they, uh, Timothy McVeigh did hijack, or not hijack, but he took a, he rented a truck, filled it full of, uh, sure, uh, you know, nitrogen um, fertilizer, and blew up a building. But it needs to happen. Uh, it, it would need to happen again. Though. It needs to if, be an Arab guy. If, if it happens again, okay, and then the government says, "Whoa, how could we have forgotten the roads? We've had all this security this whole time in the air." We need to move this out here in the roadways to keep Americans safe. How could we have forgotten this? All right, we need to triple, quadruple, uh, quintuple, uh, sextuple the, the Homeland Security budget. We need more we need money. More, more, more cops. We need more bureaucrats. When, and uh, American people, you're going to start, I'm sorry, but you're gonna. we need to be safe, people. You're going to start having to show identification when you're crossing state borders. And we're Why not have, county borders? And we're going to have random roadblocks operating Why on not any, at the city limits. Any random? Uh, well, we, we need randomness <laughs> because the, the terrorists will know where the where the, the roadblocks are. 
So we're going to have random roadblocks at 24 hours a day in every American city, in every American city uh, above 100,000 population. I mean, that's my, that might be where they started, and it's not outrageous to suggest it. Once a truck blows up next to a building, it'll make it seem like, whoa, we really need this. We really need to be safe. The federal government's going to keep us safe and secure. You know, we'd be safer if we were all in padded cells. Just in prisoners and the imprisoned. But really, are we that far away from this? Random roadblocks? No, no, we, random you're, searches? You're right. I mean, that's going to happen. Show I, us your papers. They're, gonna, they're making it. I'm uh, sorry. It's going to happen. This year is the last year that you will be able to go to Canada or Mexico and return to the United States, return to America, without showing a passport. Right. A passport that you had to pay several hundred, uh, at least $100 for, hundred and something dollars. January of 2008, it all changes. I mean, and you know, why do we need it? What, what has happened? What is, the, what is the impetus for this? What has happened is government is getting bigger and more obtrusive and more oppressive than ever. And then you're going to have people like John, who two years later are going to say, hey, there hasn't been another, uh, presuming there's been a truck attack or something like that. People like John are going to say, well, there hasn't been another uh, another attack in the last couple of years. Clearly, these random roadblocks are working. You know, we need the government to keep us and safe. And what John doesn't realize is that the terrorists hope to, um, hope to take away our freedoms. Perhaps. Perhaps that's what they were hoped for. And they did. Well, the government's taken away the freedoms with the consent of the American people. The, the whole while snookering the American people into believing that these... Idiots in government bureaucracies are making them safer. All I have to do is point to the the fools in Boston earlier this week blowing up one of their own pieces of equipment because they thought it was a bomb. Uh, The light bright boards. I mean, this is just absurd. It's like a, a theater of fools running this country. And we're all forced to be in the audience. It needs to stop. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We'll return Monday night with the sex offender story and more. I'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com and have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.